Save big on Brunch for Mom, all in the Kroger app. Get half gallons of delicious Kroger milk for $1.29 each. Then get flavorful Tyson Natural Boneless Chicken Breasts for two forty nine dollars a pound, all with your card and a digital coupon. Shop these deals at your local Kroger, less than five miles away. Or tap the screen now to download the Kroger app to save big today. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Prices and product availability subject to change. Restrictions apply. See site for details. Do you bleed green? Are you an ultimate Eagles football fan? Well, you're in the right place. Well, you're in the right place. (laughs) This is Birds 365. Hosted by the new Mac and Mac, Jody McDonald and John McMullen. Here we go, here we go. Who collectively have covered and talked about more than 50 plus years of Eagles football. Kick off your day with Birds 365. You'll get debate. We love to argue. You'll get the real story from inside the locker room. And you'll hear from some of the great football minds from around the region. You're about to become an Eagles insider. Get in the game. Join Jody Mack and Johnny Mack. And join the football community that flocks to Birds 365. Birds 365 starts right now. Welcome to the NFL. Let's go! Let's go! Go! And a good Tuesday dual practice day on Birds 365. You got your Mac and Mac guys here on Birds 365 for a quick two hours. We're going to fly through the tour. It's going to be like an eagle practice, the rapidity with which we make our way through the two hours. Don't know if we'll color code it ahead of time. Or orange. The let's go orange. We're going orange. You liked the orange the other day. Let's huh, go, yeah, let's go. Let's go mauve. Let's go. I don't know. Yeah. Is it mauve or mauve? I think it's mauve, but what do I know? I'm not a big color guy. Orange. uh, I've been known to mispronounce some things in my day, but I think you got mauve wrong, but that's that's just me. Uh, Well, then, let's start right there. After the fact, there's uh, Eagles put a color practice on it before they get underway. Uh, After the fact, what color would you uh, paint the Eagles Browns uh, practice joint practice after the fact, purely from an Eagle perspective. Uh, uh, it wasn't good. So uh, I, well, I shouldn't say that it was about, uh, it was about even, but uh, I would say both defenses beat both offenses, which surprised me, to be honest, I would have expected the opposite on both ends. Um, so I don't think it was a good day for the offenses for either team. And it was a little bit of a surprise from the Eagles perspective, because I, w- I think it was all tied to the inability to handle miles Garrett in the Cleveland front, which is always not, not with miles because that, Ooh, that guy can play, man. Um, 
And you're not game planning, remember. So if you're if you're preparing for the Browns, you're spending all week trying to essentially block Miles Garrett. That's where you start, right? Uh, you know, and they're just leaving poor Jordan Mylotta out there to deal with them one on one. And you know, he he probably by himself blew up five or six different reps uh, offensively. That's how dominant he was and is. Um, and that can make the offense look bad. And same thing with the Cleveland offense. The defensive front of the Eagles completely dominated them. So we're talking about two of the five best offensive lines in football got pretty beat up, uh, both literally and figuratively, on the football field. And Jack Conklin had to leave. This is in the concussion protocol. Uh, Landon Dickerson had to leave, undisclosed injury. Jason Kelsey got banged up at the end of practice, but he's fine, so don't panic. Um, yeah, they got uh, they got their you know what's handed to them on both sides of the football. So um, it was, you know, I we we joke around because you know the Eagles are the undisputed joint practice champions until Miami beat them. And I I used the Jody Mack. I'm going to give you credit. I used a because I said eh, that's a draw. And, and I said, I use I like your exercise when we pick wins and losses. If you had to go one up or you had right. to go one down, so I did that. If I had to pick somebody, I'd pick Cleveland. So fifty-one forty-nine. But it was, it was kind of an ugly practice from an offensive standpoint. And last year they uh, ran a joint practice against Cleveland as well. And I remember us, uh, I think, saying virtually the same thing that it was pretty much of a draw of a practice. Eagles at one point were 5-0 and in, in joint practices. They went 4-0 and in Nick's first year. They beat Cleveland the first day in Cleveland. Second day, a draw, or if you had to make it a call, you probably would have gone Cleveland. And if that's the case, yeah, they're 5-0 and at one point. You make the argument they've lost the last three because Cleveland could have beaten them the second one last year. Miami beat them badly. They only had one because the flu went through the Dolphin locker room the next day, and they canceled it. And if they got beat yesterday, it was nice that they started 5-0 and in the Sirianni era, but you make an argument they've lost three in a row. Could you not? Well, I mean, I, I you know, when I say wins and losses, and I'll give it to uh, too much Elliot Shore Parks mentioning this week. I'll give it to him. He's the one who started. We say it tongue in cheek. I mean, that's not what practice is about winning and losing. They're not trying to win or both teams are trying to lose. But it, from my perspective, it's who looks more impressive. Um, and, you know, because like I said, I use Miles Garrett as a, as a example, like you're, you're doing literally, you start when you play the Cleveland Browns offensively. All right, how do we block Miles Garrett? That's your whole focus, and you don't do that in practice. You're you're not you're you're not game planning for that specific. Like like the Browns had a real difficult time with Dallas Goddard. That was, um, you know, pretty much the only constant with the Eagles' offense when they were able to get a playoff. They couldn't deal with Dallas Goddard. Um, you know, and if they were game planning for the Eagles, they'd figure out pretty quickly we got some issues with Dallas Goddard, and they try to tweak some things and try to minimize it. So it works both ways. Um, 
But yeah, as far as who looks more impressive, slight, slight, very slight edge to the Browns. And I would say, again, both the both offenses were pretty disappointing. If if you would ask me yesterday to predict or who's going to look good, I would have said the offenses. The exact op- opposite happened. That's not the way it played down in South Philly yesterday. Uh, you just said Dallas guided a couple of big plays yesterday, looking at times unstoppable. Uh, I read a couple other uh, Eagle Beat guys reports, and they concurred that Goddard was maybe the Eagles' the best offensive player uh, yesterday. And we know that Dallas Goddard is that good, and we expect him to be that good over the course of the uh, rest of the year. How about the rest of the Eagle tight ends? They got a bunch in camp. Uh, everyone seems to be leaning towards Stoll is going to make it purely because he's the best blocking tight end they have on the roster, not named Dallas Goddard, maybe. Um, but then there's uh, three other guys, four other guys in camp who are looking to either be the third tight end or a guy who's going to be part of the practice squad who could be moved up and down depending on needs and, and injuries and the like. Uh, yesterday and just overall throughout the camp, how do you rate the uh, guys who are fighting for a tight end roster spot? Yeah, I mean, I, I think it's wide open. And, but right now, if you had, you know, Jack's going to make the team. I mean, it, to me, it's it's who's, you know, after Jack Stoll. Um, he's, he's solidified. Um, and then it comes down to the, the tight end three. And right now it looks like chalk. It looks like Brand Calcaterra is going to, you know, one of the players I've been, I don't want to say disappointed, but surprised and hasn't showed up is Dan Arnold because I thought he might be relevant. Really haven't seen much from him. Tyree Jackson's kind of Tyree Jackson. You know, he'll make a splash play every now and again because of his size and this athleticism, but the consistency isn't there. Um, So right now it's kind of Grant Calcaterra by default. Not that he's done that much, but... The other guys haven't seized the opportunity. And, you know, somebody like Brady Russell's way down on the depth chart. Not, you know, he's more of a potential practice squad candidate. Um, that could be a position they scan the waiver wire and say, and maybe somebody cuts loose somewhere else and they bring him in. Um, you know, they did it with Dalton Keene a couple times last year, had him in again. Yeah, he didn't make the team ultimately. They put him on the practice squad. But you might see them go outside the organization to try to find some competition for Grant Calcaterra because I, I don't think there's been – I don't think Arnold is pushing in my – I don't think Tyree Jackson. Now, Arnold is such a veteran, you know, maybe they'll default to that, but I haven't seen it to this Yeah, point. I uh, thought of you immediately when you made a catch against the Ravens in the preseason game because uh, you did early in camp sing his praises that, hey, anything that goes his way, he catches. He just has got really good hands, and he's great at catching the ball. But on that play, all he had to do was make one move, and he was going to get a first down. It was like a, a third and eight, and he caught a ball six yards down the field, and he couldn't shake the tackle. He couldn't make a move around the tackle. He got tackled immediately after the catch and ended up being a fourth down, and they had to punt anyway. Uh, I know that Arnold's been in the league for years, but I really honestly don't remember him. 
not that he, he can't make plays, but I don't remember making any plays when I was watching his team and he's jumped to a couple different teams at any time. And I uh, say, all right, well, let's see if he can make a move. He didn't. So that was a little disappointing from the game against the Ravens and uh, apparently didn't do much yesterday in the practice either. All right. The other offensive position where everybody's going to ask us this every day, John, on the stream on WIP for me on nights if I'm on running backs. How are they going to decide with the running backs? DeAndre Swift, one big play in the preseason game. I put him in bubble wrap. We we think we know what he's got. Uh, Kenny Gainwell is, some people think, the de facto leader in the clubhouse for more snaps than anybody else. Rashad Penny got the most snap action in the game against the Ravens. Other than Boston Scott hasn't been a factor so far in the two uh, activities, one game, one joint practice, that they've had against other teams. Uh, any change in your thought process as to how the running backs are going to be used after these uh, last couple of days? No, I'm still, you know, the two constants are, are Gainwell and Swift. Um, they're going to be here. They're going to be a big part of it. And uh, then it's to be determined. I, I don't think, um, you know, Boston Scott is all that relevant when it comes to major touches, but he's a big part of special teams. And, and you know, the Eagles are comfortable with him as a backup. So to me, he's the clear number four. And then it's can Trey Sermon push Rashad Penny off the roster? I haven't seen anything from Trey Sermon other than Nick Sirianni bringing him up. Um, and by the way, even that, I mean, he brought him up in the offseason, but now, you know, it's been people asking him about Trey Sermon because he brought him up in the offseason. Mm-hmm. He hasn't been doing it unprompted any longer. Um, so, you know, to me, Penny's, um, as long as he stays healthy, he'll be that guy. Um, but as far as how it shakes out as touches, I don't know. I don't know. Like I said, high leverage situations is going to be Kenny Gainwell. But does that mean on first and second down it's going to be Kenny Gainwell? Like 20 to 20? No. Um but they seem to trust him the most. Um, and again, if they're backed up, it's going to be Kenny Gainwell. If they're in the red zone, it's going to be Kenny Gainwell. If they're in hurry up, it's going to be Kenny Gainwell. Unless something changes drastically between now and in, in New England, I think it's going to be that. Now, who gets the majority of the touches from 20 to 20? I, I mean, Swift is exciting because you saw the juke in Baltimore. He's tremendous in the open field. But I I just don't know if he can handle the workload. And, and Penny, when he's healthy for the six games he's healthy, you can give him the ball and feed him the ball because he's got size, he's got strength, he's got physicality. But how long is he going to stay healthy? I, I think that's a low-key problem for the Eagles running back. The assumption that, you know, whatever 200 and how, however many touches Miles had last year, that that's easily replaceable by a collaboration of four, right? I think is, boy, I don't like that philosophy. I don't like it. I don't, personally, I don't like that philosophy. 
Oh, I don't like it because it's a question mark. I'm not saying it can't be answered. Yes, it could certainly be answered. Yes. And the four of them could balance it out and it could be a shared effort and it could be fine. But you can't tell me you know that it's going to be fine. So that makes it a question mark. And you don't like question marks going into the season. And I think the Eagles, I, I wouldn't call it a problem. I wouldn't call it a hole but I'd call it a question mark. And I think you're right to be legitimately questioning if the Eagles are going to be as good in the backfield. And the other thing about uh, Gainwell, you said you think he's going to be the high leverage guy. Again, uh, people have, uh, it, it, it's gotten my goat a little bit when people say, oh, we had that great playoff run. No, he had that great playoff game. He was great against the Giants. The game against San Francisco, he was okay. And, yeah, he got more touches than Miles Sanders did in the Super Bowl because Miles kind of screwed the pooch the first time he got his hands on the ball. He should have gone straight up the field. Instead, he tried to bounce it outside. Bad he also, stages. that's what gets my goat. Miles also was hurt. And he got I, hurt. Yeah, I was yeah. good for that. Yeah. He got hurt in the game. So Kenny Gainwell got more touches than they did. That, to me, doesn't equate to, oh, Kenny Gainwell had the great playoff run. No, he had a great game. The Eagles played three postseason games. Kenny Gainwell was average to mediocre in two out of the three. One of them, he was great. One of them made big plays. But the whole narrative of, oh, Kenny Gainwell. Well, was, that uh, stems from the Eagles. The Eagles were very happy with Kenny Gainwell in the playoffs. The, the juice, not necessarily what he brought to the offense. I think a lot of it had to do, and this is the part that gets my, not only in the Super Bowl, Miles Sanders was playing hurt before the Super Bowl. He had a knee problem. He was playing with a brace for uh, uh, the, the the last couple games of the season. Finally took it off in the playoffs, but he wasn't the same physically. And that's why Kenny Gainwell got more touches. It wasn't like that's what it wasn't like they were saying, oh, Kenny's looking better than Miles. Kenny's a better player than Miles. Miles was hurt. He was hurt. And that's why his touches went up. And that's the part that gets my goat. Now, when people say it, that's because the Eagles, the Eagles did. The Eagles have said it consistently behind the scenes, in front of the scenes. They liked the way Kenny played in the playoffs. You know, during the regular season, he wasn't good. They were disappointed, and he didn't take a step forward. And then he he kind of showed up. And again, it's not even about the production. It's about, if you watch the film, he did show a sort of burst that wasn't there. And he did look impressive, and that's why they got excited about it. But he didn't over. I've seen that so much. He didn't overtake Miles Sanders. No, Miles Sanders was banged up. That's what it was about, and that's what I'm saying. People turn the page quickly on good football players. I'm not saying Miles Sanders is great, but he is a good running back. And to assume that this group is going to replace Miles Sanders, I think, is taking it too far. Is it possible? Anything's possible. But I, I don't see Miles Sanders in this group. Nor do I. And you mentioned that the Eagles let it be known that they were quite happy with the way Kenny Gainwell played in the postseason. Did the, did the level of their excitement raise after Miles Sanders signed with the Carolina Panthers? Or was it from the day after the Super Bowl? No, it was from the well. day. Of, it was it was during the the run. It wasn't you know post Miles Sanders. Okay, 
Um, you you know that better than me. You're around them all the time. You're a beat guy. I'm not. So I'll yeah. take your word for that. But just a quick reminder, Eagles fans who think uh, good riddance to bad rubbish with Miles Sanders. 11 touchdowns last year. Not four. Not eight. Not 10. 11 Miles Sanders touchdowns that need to be replaced this year. Might not be as easy sledding as uh, some people think. I, Jody McDonald, John McMullen, a.k.a. Macamac here with Young Birds 365. We are scheduled to be joined by our buddy Les Bowen, uh, whose podcast Bowen on the Birds is a uh, good watch for all you Eagle fans out there. I was supposed to send Les a reminder text, and I just realized I haven't sent it to him yet. So we're hoping, after our first time out, that Les is ready to rock and roll uh, with us here on Birds 365. Go passionately, go fearlessly, go confidently. Go first! <clears throat> go confidently towards your goals with First Trust, Philly's hometown bank for nearly 90 years and the official bank of the Philadelphia Eagles. We're focused on getting you over the goal line. So go with conviction, go with trust. Go first! And go forward with us by your side. First Trust Bank, the official bank of Philadelphia dreams. Oh, and go birds. fans on earth it's a bold statement but would you expect anything less from philadelphia 58 years of heartache creates a toughness a grit a resolve not found in most sure our prayers were answered but now that we've had a taste we're looking for more pondley hockey official partner of the philadelphia eagles Go to get your game on. Go for the beers. Go for the cheers. Go for the hit and the hits. Go for the stakes and the stakes. Go to get your parlay on. Go to get your party on. Go for the scene. Go for the screens. Go for the gallery. Go for the win. Go to Ocean. Visit theoceanac.com to plan your visit. E-A-G-L-E-S Eagles You got Mac and Mac, John McCone and Jody McDonald here with you. We've got Les Bowen with us doing the outside thing. Nice enough. Yeah, a little 
it a little sticky out there over there in Haddonfield already, yeah, Mr. Bowen? It is, but I have both the ceiling fans going. I don't want to. I hope they don't mess up my elaborate. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah rub, got, rubbing it in, Mister Grayhaired. Yeah. At least you got Fingers some, coming. unlike me yeah. and Johnny Mac. Yeah. yeah. Well, I gave up, so I just shaved. I'm it. close to that. I, yeah. I sweep it back, so it looks like yeah. I actually have some growing back here. That's but uh, I, yeah, we have painters coming in today, and they're about to arrive. So I thought I would oh. take refuge back here on the pool. Very nice. 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 Uh, refuge. The Eagles need a little refuge yesterday from that Miles Garrett guy uh, yeah. de destroying the Eagles' offensive line. Flip on the radar screen, acknowledge one of the best players in the National Football League, or, yeah, we thought the Eagles had the best offensive line in all of football. Maybe maybe we have to continue to evaluate this as uh, we go. Uh, how would you – what category would you fall into, Les Paul? Yeah, I, I fall into the category of they didn't game plan or, you know, yeah, set up any plan for Miles Garrett. And, you know, I – I don't look too far into it. I mean, there isn't anybody better than him. So it's not like this was some, you know, mediocre dude that did this. Uh, I mean, we'll see. Uh, Jordan Mailata is not prime Jason Peters yet. I mean, he's made a lot of incredible progress in his astounding NFL career, Jordan has. But I, you know, he still has some things to do. He's not. You, do, you don't see if you see the list of the top five left tackles in football, you don't see his name. You know, uh, he works hard and he's huge. Uh, I think in a game they would give him a little more help with a tight end or something. And, you know, I, I don't I, I don't see it as any reason to be really alarmed, but it's something maybe to stick in the back of your mind uh, going forward that this guy isn't quite yet. You know, he's not Lane Johnson either, you know. No, no. And that's not fair, but Les brings up a good point. I mentioned that too, Les. If you're playing the Cleveland Browns during the regular season, yes. that's that's where you start offensively. You say, all right, how do we block Miles Garrett? That's your whole week. That's where you start. Right. And, and you're going to chip him. You're going to help with a tight end. You're going to do all these things in game planning when you're playing the Cleveland Browns, playing the Miles playing Miles Garrett, that's what you do. That's why I think people over sort of emphasize practice, specific practice reps. Right. But out there. You say, John, you say people. Do those people not include Nick Sirianni and the Eagles? They put such an emphasis on these joint practice things, you can't after the fact when it doesn't go up to go, yeah, but we didn't game plan. No, well, yeah, but Nick knows what he's trying to accomplish. Of course they take it. And they know that Jordan Mailata can't handle Miles Garrett one-on-one, -on -one, but that's not what practice is about. But I also um, think, I also think, you know, Jordan will see the tape of this and get, and get better. Yeah. About it. yeah. Yeah. And that's me, the whole see, point. This goes back to, when everybody said, oh, my God, the, the schedule is tougher this year. I kind of like that because I saw what happened in the Super Bowl. <laughs> you know, the Eagles just sort of skipped and jumped through uh, the, the regular season last year, yeah. playing a lot of bad teams, and their defense had all these wonderful rankings that we kept referring to when people would refer – would would criticize Jonathan Gannon. Oh, they're first in this and they're second in that and that, 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 that. 
<laughs> you know, I, I want to see them struggle, you know, against some good opponents and learn <laughs> and get better. I think that's the idea, you know, and I think yeah. that's the idea of these joint practices. I'm glad they're having a joint practice with a good team, uh, yeah. you know, and yeah. uh, I think that's that's how you get better. And it works both ways because Cleveland was having uh, a heck of a time trying to deal with Dallas Goddard, you know. Yeah. And if, if, you know, they might game plan for that and say, well, we have some issues. We're not going to be able to handle Dallas Goddard. And they might do some things and bracket coverage and all that kind of stuff. And I think that's the part that's kind of missed, uh, not from everyone, but what with practice, you're just – you're practicing. You're trying Looking to get better. Yeah. Um, and that's the goal of it. And and that's where I think it differs a little bit when you see, you know, I talked about it all early in camp last um, Marcus Mariota did not look good. And part of that was he was playing shortstop half of the time because the backup center couldn't get the football back. They were using Brett Toth. Yeah. Yeah. And, um, you know, that throws off the timing of every play. And then they brought in Josh Andrews and he settled things down. He could at least get the ball back. And all of a sudden he looks better. Yes. I mean, that Jamlin Hurts could have gotten, um, you know, sacks. I put sacks in quotations yeah. in practice. Seven, eight times he could have been sacked. They could have blown uh, the play dead. And who knows, in a real game, Jalen might escape that. Yeah. Um, so it works both ways there as well. But Miles by himself blew up five or six reps yeah. by himself. Um, but this is how you get guys ready. Yeah. You know, you're not going to play them in the real games, you know, the, the preseason games. I shouldn't say real games because preseason yeah. games aren't real games. But you're not going to play them in the games – this is how you get Jordan Mailata ready to play the season, you know, and these other guys too, you know, and uh, I just think it's tremendously valuable. I remember last year when they went to Cleveland, Jordan really wanted to meet Miles. Garrett. Yeah. Oh yeah. Big. Yeah. Uh, he was talking intent. about it. This he year. got to yeah. do that. And uh, you know, I, I just think it's, uh, I, I wish he did better. I wish he handled Miles. Garrett oh, sure. Well, perfect. we all do. That would be wonderful, but it doesn't, uh, I, I'm not ready to climb the walls because he didn't. Yeah. All right, Les, if you want to point the finger at Jody McDonald, feel free. Go ahead. Wow. And or, it's a and good or any other media member. Uh, no, this is for my next question. For me, Quez Watkins has a little bit of a target on him this year because yeah. Nick Sirianni went out of his way after a practice to go, and you know who played well for us? Quez Watkins. It's Quez heard from some of you guys, yeah. all right, guilty, uh, that he stinks. And he's not good enough. And it, Quez Watkins is a pro. And he went big time to his defense. And yeah. then Quez himself here in the preseason came out and attached the word elite to himself. Uh, yeah. So between those two stances, yeah, I'm kind of expecting things from Quez Watkins. And he didn't play in the game on Saturday. Didn't play again yesterday. He's got a hamstring issue. Yeah, I uh, am I going to be too over the top when I'm going – yeah, nice catch, Quez. One. One, one doesn't make you elite. Yeah. One, two targets, one receptions, Quez. You, you want to rethink that whole elite thing? Am I am I putting Quez under too strong a microscope? No. Uh, it's He's down to his last chance here. 
and he's better, you know, it's not his fault that his hamstring is injured, but that doesn't help him any. I guess Zacchaeus is looking pretty good from what I hear, Jody, John. Except uh, he didn't play any yeah, game on well, Saturday, which even John McMullen couldn't figure out why. Yeah. He was well, no I did, game. you know, I did kind of figure out why in that Quez and, and Britton Covey are both down with hamstring injuries. So yeah. they wanted to make sure they had a Lamade for first team work against the Browns. So I think that's why. Oh, really? They, they were saving him yeah. for the joint practice yeah. today, uh, yesterday. Okay. Yeah. So they wanted to make sure he was involved in that. But, but with Quez, you know, he's had this tremendous promise, but he's been here quite a while and he's regressed. It seems, I mean, last year was dreadful and drop passes, important drop passes. Uh, I, I think I said this when I was on with you before, I, when I was out at uh, training camp last year, I talked to Mike Quick, who was a big Quez Watkins fan, who really thought Quez had everything it took to get to, to make an impact. But he was in a role, you know, where there's Devontae Smith, there's A.J. Brown, and there's Dallas Goddard, who are weapons here before he is. Mm-hmm. And it was kind of like being a pinch hitter in baseball. You know, you don't get that many plate appearances, and you really have to deliver when you get one. And he doesn't seem to thrive in that sort of environment. Uh, can he still be good? I guess. I, I'd like to see him out on the field, and maybe we can find out. Um, yeah, I like that analogy, Les. I always bring that up, the pinch hitter in baseball, because some guys – like some more talented guys, they can't be a pinch hitter. They can't be a utility player. They can't play once a week. But other guys can embrace it and perform, yes. and maybe they have a little bit less talent. Uh, he's not going to get a lot of traffic here. He's just not. That's right. And if he needs it, it's not coming. I, you know, look, I would have stayed away from the elite word yes. if I were Quez Watkins, if I were offering advice. You know, but if he makes plays when when the opportunity arises, which he didn't do last year, I think he'll be fine. I think he has when he was healthy, he was clearly out playing Alameda Zacchaeus. Clearly. Uh okay. so he was holding his job. Okay. Um, but the injury can affect things. That can affect things quickly. Al Alameda is taking advantage because all of a sudden he's starting to make some plays. And that's a good thing, competition. Especially and they have that, that big rookie receiver too, right? Who's made some plays. Yeah, you know who uh Tyree Cleveland though is sort of uh he was a big he got a lot of targets in the game. Mm -hmm. He's just he's more ready. That yeah. Jonathan Nada, uh Joseph Nada, sorry. Yeah. Um he 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 has trouble getting separation. Okay. Which is he's a really big guy. Um yeah. And it makes some sense. He's not A.J. Brown. He looks like A.J. Brown size-wise. A lot of guys look like A.J. Brown. Yeah. That's the that's the trick. <laughs> yeah. But he can't get separation like A.J. Brown. So I think Tyree Cleveland, when you're looking at those backup, those big back, they got a bunch of guys who are 6'2". Mm -hmm. um, I think Tyree Cleveland is starting to separate himself. And he's got some experience in Denver. Um, so that helps as well. Yes, he does. Yeah. Um, I, I'll shift to the running back because that's some, what, besides linebacker, which we'll get to as well, Les. But running back is so interesting to me because I can't figure it out. I can't yeah. figure it out. Other than 
Kenny Gainwell and DeAndre Swift are going to be a part of it. I mean, and then it's like, but I can't tell you who's going to get the most touches. It could be Penny. He could be off the team. I mean, well, I think Kenny's on the team. I no Penny. Oh, Penny. Penny Kenny's on yeah. the team. Yeah. Penny could right. Rashad Penny could either lead this team in touches or be cut and not be here week one. Yeah. I think it's that drastic. Yeah. Well, I, you know, I was out there one day last week and uh, I really noticed Kenny Gainwell. And oh, maybe yeah. that's just a holdover in my mind from the playoffs where I really started to take him much more seriously as a player than I had previously. Uh, but he was really running with authority and, and really, you know, snappy and, and sharp in that practice. And I, he's younger than these other guys, you know, and at running back, I mean, it's ridiculous to talk about a guy who's maybe 26, 27, 28. Once you get several years experience, you're still really young, but with that running back position, it seems like fresh is the, is the, is the key word for a lot of these guys. And Gainwell, I, I, I think maybe Gainwell's the, the one, the number one guy. And, but I don't know. I mean, is a guy like Swift holding something back because he's pretty sure that he's, you know, he's in the mix here. I, I can't say, but yeah, they, they've got a lot of, it's not like, you know, Miles Sanders was, was the number one back. Yeah. We all understood that. Yeah. And you're right. They don't have that right now. And that they, concerns me. And if, that concerns me more than most people. I think most people are like, Oh, who cares? We'll replace what Miles did. Miles was a good player. Yeah, he year. was. But I, I do think they have a lot of talent. I think they have more talent, uh, aggregate talent, than they had last year at that position. Uh, since we're talking about running game, I'll tell you, John says a little running, worried about the running backs. I am, maybe I'm slightly less, but I, I, I think it's a legit concern for sure. Mm-hmm. I'll tell you what I think is a bigger concern. Other teams running backs. Yeah. Because I don't know how the Eagles are going to be stopping the run this year. We all believe if Jordan Davis stays healthy, that will be an upgrade. Truth be told, you know, Linval Joseph wasn't that bad. When they picked him off the scrap heap and plugged him in and Jordan Davis's role, he, he did a decent job of it. So I don't think that position makes the difference. I know Javon Hargrave graded out horribly against the run last year. So Carter and or Milt Williams, who fills in there. Yeah, that that could be a potential upgrade. But the linebackers, how are they going to be against the run? Uh, DJ Edwards was dynamite last year, um, and Kaiser White was pretty damn good. I Who are the linebackers, gonna... Jody? <laughs> Understood. Yeah. And I love John's line. He uses it from time to time. Nobody worries about stopping the run until they have to stop the run. In the and I think the Eagles the fall Bowl. into yeah. that yeah. category yeah. of yeah. – yeah, when are you going to start to worry about stopping the run? I think the Eagles will run the ball effectively enough. I don't know if they're going to stop the run effectively enough. Do you have the same concern, Les? I do. You have to. You don't have to shut down the run in the NFL. You can give up four yards a carry or maybe even five yards a carry. But you can't give up seven yards a carry. And that's kind of what they were doing in the second half of the Super Bowl and why it was always second and two. And, you know, yeah. Uh, yeah, you know, that that can't happen again. I don't know. The linebacker thing is really interesting. They just haven't. We've been through this for years and years and years. 
they just seem to sort of go with whoever they end up with. It almost seemed like an accident last year that they ended up with good linebackers. You know, Edwards wasn't. It was. They, it is every time. Yeah. It's an accident last. Year. Edwards wasn't a guy that they. He was an undrafted uh, guy that they kind of developed or developed on his own. Uh, one of the two, and then uh, Kazir White was a guy they signed, just like all the guys they sign every year, just like uh, Nicholas Morrow and you know Miles Jack and all these other guys that they just. And he just happened to. He played well the first half of the season. I don't think Kazir White was very good the second half of the season. But, uh, you know, so you got N'Kobe Dean, you hope. Uh, we talked, I think, the last time I was on here about his size, and he had an ankle injury already in camp. I guess he's back from that now, and, yeah. and they really put a lot of stock in N'Kobe Dean, and I hope that works out. They've got, uh, they've got Morrow. They've got Jack. Does Miles Jack have a lot left? I don't know. I he's been cut a couple times now. Boy, um, to me, Zach Cunningham looks better than Miles Jack. Oh, okay. Well, there's another guy that's yeah. you know he's been on the scrap heap for a while. Uh, yeah. Zach Cunningham has. Uh, that it's that I think they've taken it too far at linebacker. Less they've I, done yeah. that before. You remember yeah. the the Doug Peterson year, the 2020 season yeah. that went so bad. A big part of that was they didn't have NFL quality linebackers. No, and yeah. uh, you do have to be able to play. You know, you do have to have guys that are better than practice squad uh, level guys. And I, I mean, as long as long as Nicobe Dean's healthy, I guess they'll be kind of okay. And I guess they'll use, I guess Sidney Brown's going to fly around and try to, you know, mm. knock down runners. Sidney uh, Brown linebacker, huh? Johnny Mack loves him because he plays with a lot of speed. Can he you know, actually... I wasn't as impressed as some people were. I Well, here's my thing with Sidney, Les. He's yeah. got so much more burst and range than he any does. other safety they have. And I've said this with Jim Swartz coming back. I always use Jim's term, startup cost, with young players because I love that term. Yeah, that he coined. Uh, and I said, you know, if you look at the Eagles schedule, they can afford to make some mistakes early with Sidney Brown. Mm-hmm. You know, they can beat those teams early on the schedule. Then when you get to the Kansas City and Jody brought up week six and the Jets, his Jets. What what if you're not playing well, Terrell Edmonds or Kayvon Wallace? And you say, all right, we got to get Sidney in there. And it's Aaron Rodgers. But then yeah. uh, guess what? He's going to make some stinking mistakes. Yeah, that's a and good point, John. He still might make mistakes, but he'll be more prepared for it right. if you get it over with. And he's got so much more talent. I mean, yeah. I'm just putting him out there. I'm, that's I'm, a good point. It, the, the part that I – everybody's all over the nine tackles the other night. To me, he flew around and – with his head down, you know, launching at people. Uh, he didn't wrap up much. Uh, no, he's a missile more than I, I want to see some refinement there. Uh, I don't like a guy launching at people with his head down. I think that gets you probably get a penalty too. Yeah. And you might get hurt. Um, I just think he needs work, but you're right. He's definitely raw. He has the talent. He has the talent and, uh, you know, it's up to Sean Desai, I guess, to see. But you brought up Jim Schwartz, and that's real quickly. That pertains to what we were talking about earlier with Miles Garrett. You know, even though the Browns didn't game plan for this either, 
but their defensive coordinator is Jim Schwartz. So yeah. they knew going into this practice yeah. a lot more. That's true. About That's what true. the Eagles offense was how it was yeah. going to work and what was going to happen than the Eagles knew about the Browns. That's for sure. Yeah. And plus defensive line, Fletcher Cox was so happy to see Jim Schwartz. That, that defensive lineman love, love playing for Jim Schwartz. Absolutely. Yeah. Um, and Miles Garrett is probably happy as a, you know what? So, I mean, that's part of it as well. Um, they have Zedarius Smith now as well. I mean, they have a good defensive line. Yeah, but anytime the Eagles offensive line gets whooped, I'm surprised. I mean. Oh, yeah. Yeah. But from the other perspective, and that's where I want to go with you, Les, all of a sudden it took longer than I expected, but Jalen Carter's starting to show up, man. Yeah. He is starting to show up. And the Cleveland offensive line is very good. And they could not deal with the Eagles' defensive front at all. Josh Sweat had a big practice. Jalen Carter making plays. Uh, that guy, oof. I, it's hard to say because Javon Hargrave was a very good player here, but he's got so much more talent than Javon yeah. Hargrave. It is frightening. I, I don't want to bring up because you're seeing it on the other side with Miles Garrett. He's got Miles Garrett-like potential as an interior yeah. player. That, that Eagles got something there. Be, you know, stays on the right path. Right, that's exactly right. And the right path is, you know, everybody knows they got him ninth overall because of the the deal with the unfortunate, the terrible, horrible drag race incident in in Georgia. Uh, he would have gone second, third, fourth overall. Probably should have went first because it was yeah. Chicago. If he had no issues, Chicago has their quarterback, right? The yeah, young quarterback. Yep, yep. So he would have went first if he yeah. had no issues. Yeah. I so yeah, it is. Uh, it's it's amazing how much young talent there is on this team, and it's going to be real interesting. We're not thinking about this now because it's not it's twenty twenty three and not twenty twenty four. But twenty twenty four comes along. We talked about the four guys that have played together for 10 years, you know, Lane Johnson, Fletcher Cox, uh, Brandon Graham, and Jason Kelsey. Jason Kelsey, thank you. I'm old. Um, it, it, You know, this time next year, probably three of those guys aren't going to be here. And they're going to need a whole leadership changeover on this team. And I really do think, though, they have the talent. I don't know about the leadership intangibles but I, I i think they can make that transition as ridiculous as it seems you're talking about all-time greats of the franchise that are probably gone after this year and i i honestly think they can replace them which is phenomenal it really is yeah yeah i'm All through right. saying jason kelsey's done though because i've me been too. saying it for yeah. so long I, I, well, he didn't I, fool yeah. me last year i, no. I didn't think oh, he, was he got me again he's got yeah. me he's had one of the best him. years of his career last year i thought there's no way he's quitting when he can play like this and they didn't win the super bowl you know yeah. I, I think if he has injuries uh if he you know if, if he struggles you know what though now he's doing something with amazon he's doing yeah. a documentary he's got a tide thing going with his brother he's got so much stuff but at some point he's got to just say all right i got too much stuff to do i can't play football anymore maybe so yeah 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 i think 
because he plays football, that's how he gets all that other stuff. That's so good. be very careful with that bouncing act. Uh, that was a point Chris Chelsea. Long made to me a few years ago. He was doing his, you know, he has that Water Boys uh, uh, yeah. charity uh, for, for wells in Africa and stuff. And he was doing a lot with that at, at the end of his career with the Eagles. And what he said was, you know, I have this platform because I'm an NFL player. Right. And even though I'm a prominent player, when I'm not a player anymore, I won't it won't resonate. I won't yeah, get that's the a good same, point. Yeah, same good ability point. to to get my message out that I have as an active player. And uh, that kind of stuck with me. I think that's really true. And Jason should keep that in the back of his mind. All right, Les, I'm going to take you down a road that is probably a little unfair, but John needs to practice because within uh -oh. two weeks, he's going to have the major competition of trying to figure out the Eagles 53 man roster oh against God. his fellow beat writers. Um, there's, for me, eight guarantees on the defensive line for the Eagles this year. Uh, four mm -hmm. inside, four outside. And then you get down to that ninth guy. And it may be ten guys. They may keep an extra yeah. inside guy. They may keep an extra outside guy. Or they may keep both. Who do you think has a better chance to make this team? Marlon Tuipolotu or Derek Barnett? If they're the two on the cutting Ooh. room floor... One's mm. in, one's out. They're keeping a fifth DT, but they can't afford to take a fifth edge guy or they're taking five edge guys. Sorry, Marlon, we're going with the four big guys in the middle, uh, Fletcher and uh, our two Bulldogs and uh, uh, Milt Williams. Yeah. Who do you think's got a better grasp on a job right now, Marlon or uh, uh, Derek. Derek Barnett? Well, one of the advantages of being retired is I don't have to look at contracts very much anymore. Maybe John can help me out here, but do they, Derek Barnett? Well, they, they redid Derek Steele, so I mean, yeah. I to me, um, well, they're keeping them both. To me, yeah. Okay. Uh, the the only the they're only, keeping ten defensive oh, linemen. Oh, they're going heavy. They might keep eleven. They might keep a Jomo. Well, Johnny, who's playing special teams? Doesn't matter. You can uh, oh, much much like the running game. Nobody yeah. cares cares about stopping no, the well, run until you got to stop the run. Les Nobody knows, cares about covering kicks and punts until you got to cover as, kicks as, and punts. As Les knows, Les is a former champion as well for the roster uh, uh, prediction contest. You won one year, um, Les. I did. Yes. I did yeah. not know that. Congratulations. Um, it's really not that hard when you get down to the <laughs> no. Yeah. You know what, though, Les, it's become a little bit more difficult for this reason. Now with the practice squad, you can put veteran players on the practice squad. Oh, yeah, yeah. that so, And, uh, and that you, takes a lot of the suspense out of it because yeah. a lot of these veteran guys, teams aren't going to, you know, especially at certain positions, they aren't going to disrupt their roster to bring in a guy that, Exactly. It's really useful yeah. to the Eagles, but yeah. yeah. So it used to be the fifty-three was like a huge. You know, if you cut a guy, God knows if you'd ever see him again. Now yeah. it's like, okay, he's not on the fifty-three, but he'll be here Monday. You know, yeah. I mean, I, I yeah, it really is to me the the things that really trip you up in that prediction thing now are are will they keep three quarterbacks on the roster? You know, the third guy will be there. He'll be there on the practice squad, but will yeah. they keep three on the roster? Those yeah. are the things that. That are really what, but that's how you can manipulate. Like the Eagles don't have talent at linebackers, so why keep talent at linebacker? Put a couple guys on the practice squad, right? 
can keep the extra guy like a Jomo who you like yeah. on the defensive line. And then well, the meanwhile, you part, might pick up a linebacker and somebody yeah. else is cut down. And the second part is the, it's it's not the final 53, it's the initial yeah, 53. Yeah, it really is. Yeah. So, you know, once you get down to that, you're going to see more manipulation at the and lead up to week stupid, one. And I wish the Players Association had done something about this in the last CBA. The stupid, we don't want to guarantee this guy's contract for the whole season. Yeah. So he's off the team yeah. for week one. Week one. Yeah. And week so, yeah, two, better. hallelujah, he's back. See, here's where you can lose this thing if you're back in it less. Here's where you can lose it. Rick Lobato. Like, the Eagles could cut him. He's yeah. a bested veteran, so he doesn't have to go through waivers. You right. can do the wink-wink. Hey, Rick, we need the spot for Moro Ajomo, say. Um, wink-wink, we're going to bring you back as soon as you know we can manipulate things, and you're going to be there week one. He's not going to go out and sign with somebody else. They've already done it before. Other teams have done it with long snappers, veteran long snappers. Um, you can do something like that. Dennis Kelly's in that category. Yeah. You know, cut them, bring them back if you need them. Right. Um, bunch of guys. So yeah. um, that initial 53, honestly, is not important as important as it once was, as Les points out, because yeah. the practice squad lets you – and Doug Peterson would say this all the time, you know, when they changed the rule. It was It's not 53, it's 69. Yeah. Um, and it but really I do is. think they keep Derek Barnett around. I, he played. He had a stupid penalty, of course, but uh, <laughs> he he played pretty well against the Ravens. And if you're not going to, you know, I don't think they they plan to rely on him. But to have around, sure, you know, he's a first round pick. Uh, you know, he's he has talent. He just hasn't ever really developed it the way he should have. But uh, you know, I I don't see a problem keeping him around. I. I think that's quite likely unless he gets hurt again or something. Yeah. Are, are we going to be doing birds 365 and 2025 and going, you know, Derek Barnett Derek was a first round pick. <laughs> you got to remember that he was a first round pick yeah, He's a good guy and yeah. he works hard in practice. They like him. Well, they're not going to, you know, Mom. there's a difference. A few years ago, we we're talking about Derek Barnett as a starter. We're not in that that conversation no. is way over. We're yeah. talking about a guy who's going to play ten stunts. Well, and that's always difficult. He's going to be a great practice squad keep. Uh, well, here's where here's where, where here's here's where and at Les Bowen. Here's where Jody and I uh, differ with this. We both agree, like with TJ Edwards. I'll use TJ as an example. At some point, you got to leave the pedigree behind and say this guy can play. I don't yeah. care if he's undrafted; yeah. he can stick and play. Now, with the opposite end of the spectrum, if you're a first-round pick, you could be Jalen Rager, who just yeah, couldn't, couldn't play, play. Yeah. or you can be Derek Barnett. You didn't live up to your hype as a first-round pick, but you're a solid right. rotational player. Yeah, and you I were think talking, it's... Jody, about him. Is, uh, you know, Are we going to have him around as a practice squad? He's better than most practice squad defensive ends, I can tell you. I mean, any yeah. practice squad defensive end, I can yeah. tell you that. So you know? that's where, I mean, like, that's... he gets hurt by the pedigree because, he, yeah. oh, he didn't live up. No right. question. He didn't live up to the billing as a first-round pick. There's no there aren't a lot of, debate. There aren't a um, lot of, you know, fifth defensive ends who are going to give you six sacks, you know. Yeah. <laughs> I think that what you need to live up to uh, when you get into Derek Barnett's career is the paycheck. 
And you're right. The Eagles were able to negotiate it down. Any When Derek Barnett leaves, they're going to take cap hit. There was enough future years tacked onto that contract that they're going to take a pretty bad dead cap hit whenever Derek, whenever Derek Barnett becomes the next Eagle. There's nothing they could do to wipe that out. That's on there and that's sticking around. And by um, the way, they could still trade him as well. So there's no yeah. need to, you know, they need help other places. So they really do. Yeah. Maybe there's a team out and there's a lot of teams that don't have the pass rush the Eagles do to say the least. A good point. Yeah. And, you know, you can move them that way. Um, so it's a lot of options. But if they can't trade him, he's going to be here flat out they're not cutting them uh that's that's not happening um and i don't did, disagree did, did i him. miss the Derek barnett tackle against the ravens on saturday night or did the nfl scorekeepers miss it because i i didn't quite see it uh i saw him chasing the quarterback around you know I mean, that's that's kind of there's what I'm two looking. players and actually i'm uh, guys i'm i'm actually stunned by how they've used Derek barnett since he's been cleared Mm-hmm. Um, they're giving a first team reps. They're using them as a drop linebacker at times. I'm like, where's this coming from? And then Josh Sills, who I thought we'd never see again, gets acquitted from some very serious charges. And by the way, Landon Dickerson went down in practice yesterday. He's fine. So I was going to ask you about that. That's concerning. He had his foot wrapped up or something when he came back. Someone said uh, he seemed fine. He was moving well. Uh, and the Eagles okay. said, if he misses practice today, hint, hint, he will. It's yeah. only precautionary. Yeah. But, That's you know, they put guy. Yeah. yeah. They put Josh Sills in there getting first team reps already at left guard. I guess, you know, they did like him as a player before yeah. this whole horrible rape thing came up. Uh, it dates back to when he was in high school. Yeah. Uh, he was acquitted of criminal charges. You never know what that means. It could mean that this was really nothing all along. Yeah. Or it could just mean they can't prove that he's criminally responsible. I sure well, hope it isn't thing, the latter. I, no, I, you know, we all, we all hope guy, that. Uh, well, you know, one on the thing Eagles. that Jeffrey Lurie has been consistent about this, and you know less, he gives people second chances. Yeah. Now, all you can rely on, because we don't know, as you just pointed out, it could be either way. It's the best system we have. He gets acquitted. Right. That's all you can do. I think that's the way the Eagles look at it. Yeah. And it's like, whether you go to Michael Bick, the most notable, but even Riley Cooper with his issues and and Deshaun Jackson, you remember Jeffrey's anti-Semitic stuff and Jeffrey's obviously, um, you know, that could have upset Jeffrey Lurie a lot. And he gave him another chance. He's been pretty consistent with that, you know. Yeah, he will give to a point, but they don't have. I saw a list last week of arrests by team for the last I don't know ten years, fifteen years, and the Eagles were tied for the bottom. Tied for last, yeah. They don't, they they don't, you know. Well, that's a good point because Daryl Worley happened years and years ago. Nothing better happened while he's here, you know. I mean, they. You remember that? uh, Who was that corner? Daryl Worley. Yeah, yeah, they got rid of him right away. Right yeah. away. And so, and and uh who's the kickoff return? Josh Hop. Remember that, oh, that was yeah. the last uh yeah. that was the last straw. So yeah. Um but Jeff Stoutland clearly, clearly likes Josh Sills as a football player. Uh clearly. That's how he lost the uh 
the roster challenge last year. I came in second last because I picked Jack Anderson over oh. Josh Sills. Well, I liked Jack Anderson. Hey, he played yeah. well. You know, where yeah. is he? he's playing somewhere now? I think he was with the Giants. Yeah, um, yeah. So, you know, those Stoutland guys get picked up. They do. Um, that yeah. is absolutely the case. Yeah, and that that's pretty smart around the National Football League. And John, just to answer your question about what the Eagles are doing with uh, Derek Barnett, two words, or is it one word? Showcase. That's what it is. Possible. That's a good thought. They're talk. trying That's to possible. let people get some tape yeah. on Derek Barnett. Oh yeah, maybe we should give up that day three pick to get our hands on Derek Barnett. That's it's very what I possible. I thought, or that linebacker that's a bubble guy for our team that might help the year. Yeah, yeah. We shall see. Less always a pleasure, bud. Uh, go make sure the painters here, aren't stealing anything from the house. Uh, your job is to keep the painters in line from here on in. Bowing on the birds, listen to the podcast. Yeah, we'll have John McMullen this Thursday. At oh man, that's musty. That's musty oh, stuff. Yeah. Less, uh, yeah, less trying to drive uh, listeners away. He'll be following up uh, Tim McManus, so he's got yeah. big shoes to fill. T Mac, yeah, very man. nice. Less, always a pleasure, brother. Thanks for Thank hopping in guys. with us today. Thanks, Les. Less Bowen, Bowen on the Birds podcast, where you get your better podcast these days. All right, McMullen and McDonald coming back. I got a couple of uh, quote-unquote national questions for John. A couple of big-name running backs finally inked deals yeah, yesterday. One has an immediate as in game Jody's one. excited season. about one of them, I would think. Yeah, if he doesn't get suspended. But we'll talk about all of that when we come back. McMullen and McDonald here with Young Birds 365. Save big on Brunch for Mom, all in the Kroger app. Get half gallons of delicious Kroger milk for $1.29 each. Then get flavorful Tyson Natural Boneless Chicken Breasts for two forty nine dollars a pound, all with your card and a digital coupon. Shop these deals at your local Kroger, less than five miles away. Or tap the screen now to download the Kroger app to save big today. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Prices and product availability subject to change. Restrictions apply. See site for details. If you own a company and you're not producing a podcast, you're missing out. The public consumes messaging when they're ready. Join the professional podcast network of companies and let Jacob Media Partners put you in the podcast arena. Come to our professional studio or we'll come to your place of business and professionally produce your company podcast. Call Jacob Media right now at 267-261-3428. Here, imaginations run wild and time stands still. Because here, you can find the best of the Jersey Shore all on one five-mile island. So leave the old you behind and get lost in the woods.
and save at Southeastern PA in Delaware with Colony Pools this football season. And let the experts close your pool with a custom Merlin safety cover in green for the birds. And if you join our winter watch team, we'll give you another 20% off and Colony Pools will handle it all. Keep your tiles on your pool, not in your pool. Fly with Colony right now, birds fans. Visit flywithcolony.com. You got the Mac and Mac guys, John McMullen and Jody McDonald here with you on Birds 365. Uh, Eagles with a joint practice yesterday against the Browns. When we held his feet to the fire, Johnny Mac had to admit, if you had to call it a win or a loss, it would have been a loss to Browns yesterday. A slight loss, a close loss, wasn't a dominating performance. The defense is better on both teams, taking advantage of the offense, both the Browns' defense against the Eagles, though, and vice versa. Uh, defense got the better of it in in both ways. But uh, a slight nod to the Browns. Eagles will try and turn that around with another joint practice today at uh, 5 o'clock. And we'll get uh, our buddy Ed Kratz was good to hang with both John and Ed the other day when I got to actually go to an Eagles uh, practice. That was fun. Uh, so we'll shoot the breeze with Eddie Kratz coming up in less than uh, 20 minutes from now. All right, John, Johnny Mac, couple of big signings. Uh, can you even have a big signing when it comes to running backs around the National yeah. Football League anymore? Um, I'm not sure that I can use that word yeah, to describe it. When you need them, yeah. Uh, the question is, can you get to a position where you need them? I think, um, like the Super Bowl. Uh, yeah, I mean, well, I don't think Ezekiel Elliott has much left, to be honest. So I'm not. I wouldn't be worried about. Uh, the Patriots and uh, the Eagles obviously go in their week one. I don't think uh, Zeke's got uh, the burst. Coke is interesting because, you know, the advanced numbers that all these, you know, new age people look at say he was bad last year. But damn it, I saw two plays in two of the biggest games of the year. Everybody remembers the Buffalo game, the crazy Buffalo game where, Everybody called it the the the, the game of the year and Jeffer, Justin Jefferson catch. And that game, he had an 80-yard touchdown. The, the Vikings were getting blown out. They were on the birds of getting blown out. And he turned the game around with an 80-yard touchdown where he just obviously outran everybody on the field. And these people are saying he's got no burst. He left. He's declining. And then... And the other game, which ended up being the largest comeback in NFL history, um, they threw a bubble screen, my favorite play, Jody. Mm-hmm. Um, and he took it 80 yards to the house. And if you watch that play on YouTube, he's just making people miss 60 yards down the field. And I say, you know, this is where you need some context with these advanced numbers. You know, maybe it's their offensive line stunk, and that's why it's so many 
uh, negative plays because they couldn't block anybody, which has been a theme with that team pretty consistently. When you just take those, how could you have no burst and make those two plays? It doesn't make any sense to me. So I think Koken to the Jets is more relevant, far more relevant. I think he can still play. Um, and obviously, I think the presence of uh, Aaron Rodgers makes it even easier. So I think one is good, and I think one is pretty much probably not going to be good or bad. Not well, that Zeke is a bad player, but... Right. I'm going to come to Zeke's defense here because you mentioned the new wave, new age numbers that the NFL uses, the analytics and the like. They're nice, and it gives you added information, and I'm not going to smack talk them, but the old school numbers still hold value for me. Here is an old school number. 12 touchdowns for Ezekiel Elliott last year. 12. And I'm more concerned about Ezekiel Elliott's subtraction from the Dallas Cowboys than I am the addition of the Patriots. He's getting in middle of camp. There's going to be some time having to get him up to speed. Now, he'll be fresh. He won't have any nicks or dings on him when we get to the first game of the season against the Eagles. Uh, but I'll, I'll I'll go under 50 yards for Ezekiel Elliott in game number one. I'm, I'm not fearing that he's going to be the reason the Eagles get out of the gate 0-1. But I think the Cowboys are still going to miss him. Tony Pollard had a breakout year last year, and that's why they slapped the franchise tag on him and gave him $10 million or whatever it was. But Tony Pollard was not the lead back of the Dallas Cowboys last year. And he better be the lead back of the Dallas Cowboys this year because I don't love any of the other backs the Cowboys have. For me, they did not replace Zeke Elliott. Going out and getting Deuce Vaughn, who's a nice, exciting player, little Darren Sproles-like five By the way, five. Darren was at uh, practice yesterday. So He's at the Eagle practice? Yeah. Really? Yeah. Oh, yeah, still cool. a consultant for the Eagles. Uh, uh, he was at practice yesterday. Yeah, good to see Darren. Yeah, good, good to see him. Now you, you're you're taking me off uh, my sorry. No, 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 no. But the reason I'm saying you're taking me off is because now I got a question. What does a consultant like Darren Sproles nah. actually do for the Eagles? Every once in a while, he shows up to talk to the running backs and uh, kick return, pump returners mainly. Um, yeah, other than that, yeah. I think a couple of years ago he was around more and I think he was trying to decide if he wanted to get into coaching. Um and then he's not around nearly as much, but that's why it was kind of surprising to see him yesterday. But yeah, the Eagles garball and he was helping out. Um um, but I don't think he I think he decided he didn't want to get into coaching. Um, now no, really far afield what do you think somebody like that gets paid to show up 10 times a year that i have no idea yeah. um probably pretty well probably yeah not not like he did when he played but for a normal person probably pretty well okay probably. well i gotta see if i can get me one of those gigs i'm yeah. doubting it highly but i i may have to uh do some research on that to find out when you get paid to show up 10 times a year and slap some backs and lend some expertise. Not that I have any expertise to lend, but uh, I'm telling you, Johnny Mac and the Cowboys got good news yesterday, which is bad news for the Eagles. 
They did get the contract of Zach Martin successfully advanced, renegotiated, call it what you want. Um, that, that could have been a bit of an issue if he held out right up until the first game of the season, got zero work done in for the preseason, and then he's that good. He could probably come in and be fine, but you're much more susceptible to injuries if you get no work in prior to the season. They got him done uh, with two preseason games to go uh, and probably join practices this week. I don't know if they'll take part in it, but next week he probably will. Uh, that That's that's a plus for the Cowboys. I was hoping that, that from an Eagle perspective, that that was a potential minus, but they did get that done. But I, mark my words, the Cowboys are going to miss Ezekiel Elliott. If for no other reason in the red zone, he was a power guy who could score touchdowns, did 12 times last year. If you're just going to run Tony Pollard into the ground every time you get inside the six-yard line, uh, Tony Pollard might not make it to all 17 games. Yeah, I mean, I, I, I'm i with you with Tony Pollard. I mean, he did have quite a few touches last year. I was just looking it up. It was he, he Not really as many spiked. as Zeke. No, Zeke was uh, – they, they ran the ball a lot. Zeke was 231 and – 17 receiving so 248 and Pollard was 193 and 39 so it was very close because he's a better receiver Pollard as far as touches go it's it basically 50 50 um was he yeah he's a good short yardage runner but I mean I can't worry about short yardage at, at this day you know what number you know what old school number concerns me in this era more than other eras, 3.8 yards per carry. Re- remember, Jody, how many teams play the Fangio defense and they don't even give a crap unless if you don't give you four yards. They think that's a win. That that number concerns me. Um, and I just don't think I think they ran them into the ground. I mean, before you know, his first three years. It was 322 runs, 242, and you say, that's not bad. Yeah, but he only played 10 games, so it was mm-hmm. 24 a game because right. he was banged up. 304 in 15 games, 301 in 16 games. I mean, they just ran They just ran him. He was a great player at that, at that time, and it was, you know, uh, he started out 5.1, 4.1 is not good, but he was 4.7, 4.5, and then it's been a decline last year, the first time under four yards of carry. In this era, that number concerns me. That number it, concerns me. But it, it works both ways. Uh, I say there's something as far as value goes. When you get a guy who can take that pounding and keep rolling. Oh, I agree and, with that. He does that. So this year – Tony Pollard's going to be asked to touch the ball, call it touches, more than he ever has in his career. He's been on the increase while finally last year Zeke came on the decrease and still was the guy who touched the ball more than anybody else on the Cowboys all year long. So this year you're going to ask Pollard to carry it, to catch it, to touch it more than anybody else. And remember, he ended last season injured. You think Pollard's going to make all 17 games for the Cowboys this year? Um, well, that's my concern with Pollard. I mean, he's, he's not nearly as stout as, uh, as Ezekiel Elliott. And yeah, I mean, already, as I said last year, 
Zeke was at 240, he was at 230, whatever it was. So he was right there as far as touches. Um, can that continue with his frame? And it's interesting because he's a Memphis guy, Tony Pollard. Kenny Gainwell's a Memphis guy. I have the same questions with the Eagles. But Tony at least has performed. That's where I give the Eagles like Tony Pollard's a good player. We don't there's no question. Cowboys slapped the franchise tag on him. He's one of yeah. the highest paid running backs in the league. Yeah. He 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 was over a thousand yards last year. He's a good receiver out of the backfield. Five over five yards a carry. He's a good player. We know that. We don't know that about Kenny Gainwell yet. And we don't know if Kenny can handle even the workload Tony Pollard has held. DeAndre Swift, this is his fourth year, Jody. Fourth year. His, he stopped out at 617 yards. He's missed four games a year. And we all know Rashad Penny's in, in injury history. So do I have questions about his long-term durability? Yes. But I know Tony Pollard can play when he's out there. I don't know that about the Eagles back. Right. No, I, I'm not going to say the Eagles have a box back that comes to uh, Pollard. You're right. Pollard rests for a thousand yards. He, and he did so in a backfield where he got the ball less than the other running back did. Zeke Lully got more runs than Pollard did and Pollard still got a thousand. So I'm not questioning Pollard's talent level. What I'm questioning is the pounding that Pollard's going to take this year. Cause he is going to be the number one back. And he is going to be the guy who's going to have to, when you got to pound it in from the five-yard line, because the other team's playing Fangio Plus and daring you to run the ball from the five-yard line. Somebody's got to take it in. Ezekiel Elliott did it to the tune of 12 touchdowns well, last I, year. And I agree with you from a durability standpoint. I have some concerns with Tony Pollard, but I'll throw it this way since we're, you know, it's all about Eagles here. Who do you have more concerns over durability? Who would you bet on being the most durable between Pollard, Gainwell, Swift, and Penny? Oh, the, the most durability question is, of course, um, Penny, because yeah. he's hurt every year. But here's here's the you got to take it to the next step. If Penny gets hurt, then what? Well, you give it more to Swift, or you give it more to Gainwell, or you, Trey Sermon lives up to the reputation that the coach has tried to paint for him. If Tony Pollard goes down with injury, where are the Cowboys going? The Eagles have options. The Cowboys have bigger questions. I think the Eagles have some question marks. I think the Cowboys have bigger question marks at running back if Tony Pollard ends up uh, getting hurt. Do you not agree with that? Yeah, I don't love their depth. I don't know much about it, to be honest. Certainly with Deuce Vaughn, I mean, he's the most high profile because people know him from college and, uh, you know, whatever. that the, You know, his dad's on the coaching staff and all that stuff in the draft. But to me, that, you know, I yeah, I mean, he's a really small guy. Um, I don't even know if he's going to be their backup running back. I mean, but the, the other names they have are not guys that are going to wow you. At least you know the Eagles' backups. I'm trying to look them up. Malik Davis, I know they like. I, I don't know anything yeah, about what's, Malik what's, Davis. What's Malik Davis's NFL I resume? I Exactly. Rico Dowdle, nothing, you know. So, yeah. If I remember I Rico Dowdle, weren't the Cowboys the uh, Hard Knocks team? 
probably the they've COVID done it a year. bunch. I uh, think I remember Rico Dattle Dattle being one of the guys. They fact that he was a rookie who was trying to make the team, and that's what I remember about him. He was uh, part of the hard knock show because last year was. I remember South Carolina was pretty good college player, but I don't think he's done anything in the pros. Um, but if you're looking for, like, he's a bigger back, I think he's got some size to him. So maybe that helps him when it comes to their sort of complementary aspect. But I, yeah, I mean, all those guys are unproven, every single one of them. And the Eagles backups at least have some production. But if I'm going to trust one of the four to be healthy, and, and be there week in and week out. I got to be honest. It's going to be Pollard over here's, Gainwell, here's Swift, a, and Penny. Here's a legit question for you, and I see our boy Eddie Kratz is ready to jump in with us. If you're the Dallas Cowboys and you've got Rico Dowdle and uh, Malik Davis, Deuce Vaughn is going to be there, but he might not be ready to be your number one back. If Pollard goes down for two weeks, somebody's got to be your number one back for two games. Would you rather have Rico Dattle, Malik Davis, or Trey Sermon? And maybe they'll get Trey Sermon. That's maybe what I'm saying. If Trey yeah. Sermon isn't on the roster, I haven't that seen could be Trey. a Dallas Cowboy claim, Johnny Mac. With all due respect to Nick Sirianni, and Ed Kratz will correct me if I'm wrong, I haven't seen Trey Sermon make a damn play in training camp or a game. So I, I, I don't know, you know, I don't know if he is better than Malik Davis or Rico Dattle. I, they're in the same category to me. All unproven, completely, completely unproven. How about the uh, average yards per carry last year for uh, Trey Sermon? What, what do you have? have? Two carries? Yeah, but yeah. I think he was like nine yards per. Yeah, like eight, yeah. I think he's two for 17, he so eight and a half. Towers over all Dallas Cowboy running backs yeah. and average yards That's per pretty carry. good. That's yeah. Huge. If you uh, expostulate that out, that's pretty good. It's, you can get eight and a half for uh, for a whole season. That's pretty good. Sample size is kind of a key there. We'll agree on that. He's McMullen. I'm McDonald. That makes us Mac and Mac. Joining us next, Special Ed Kratz. You better stay right here with us. passionately go fearlessly go confidently go, first. <clears throat> go confidently towards your goals with first trust philly's hometown bank for nearly 90 years and the official bank of the philadelphia eagles we're focused on getting you over the goal line so go with conviction go with trust go first. and go forward with us by your side 
First Trust Bank, the official bank of Philadelphia dreams. Oh, and go birds. fans on earth it's a bold statement but would you expect anything less from philadelphia 58 years of heartache creates a toughness a grit a resolve not found in most sure our prayers were answered but now that we've had a taste we're looking for more pondley hockey official partner of the philadelphia eagles Go to get your game on. Go for the beers. Go for the cheers. Go for the hit and the hits. Go for the stakes and the stakes. Go to get your parlay on. Go to get your party on. Go for the scene. Go for the screens. Go for the gallery. Go for the win. Go to Ocean. Visit theoceanac.com to plan your visit. E-A-G-L-E-S Eagles Mac and Mac here with you on Birds 365. We got our guy uh, Eddie Kratz to join us and give us his Eagle insight for the next half hour or so. Uh, Ed Kratz, I will spell a word for you. I need you to pronounce it for me. M-A-U-V-E uh, well, I'm glad it's not expostulation like the word John used. Uh, I just made that one. Right. Yeah, I don't know what in the world that was. I would say, uh, Moave. Oh, you're the same as him. Yeah, I think, I think it's, it's Moav. I think I, it's Moav. I'm yeah. not positive. You guys I'm are overselling. I just think it's Moav. Yeah, but that's okay. <laughs> will, will today's Eagle practice be a Moav practice? Or an orange, or a green, or a red, or an indigo, or a violet. What color designation will be the joint practice with the Browns today? So mauve is a color. I wasn't. Yeah, it I, is yeah, a color. It's kind of a purple. It is a color. But that I do know. That's why I said it. I should have went with a color I was familiar with. I probably should have went to indigo. Um, yeah. How about avocado? Is that, is that a color? We all know how to pronounce indigo. Yeah. Let's yeah. stick with that. But. Um, Give us your read from yesterday's joint practice. Johnny Mack said, damn close, but if you had to call a winner, it would have been the Cleveland Browns by this much. Do you agree with his evaluation of yesterday's joint practice? Yeah, uh, I, yeah I think so. I mean, I thought both defensive lines were very, very good. Yes. Um, you know, but it, it was close. I I think that's kind of the consensus as the Browns won by, a, you know, a teeny tiny bit. Uh, but it was really close. I mean, you could you could look at it the other way too. But I would probably go the Browns uh, just just by a hair. Something none of us are familiar with here. But you know, I would say <laughs> by a hair the Browns won that practice. Yeah. And let me just go back to the break or prior to the break when you guys were talking about that collection of backup running backs. And 
Trey Sermon. John, you're forgetting Trey Sermon had the two-yard touchdown run in Baltimore the other night. Well, um, yeah, come on. And he, ran, just not you know, he ran for 2.3 yards per carry yeah. on eight carries. Yeah. So, you uh, know, put yeah. that into the mix. That pales in comparison to his 9.5 yeah. yards per carry last year yeah. on those two all-important carries that he had. Well, I, I, so he's I'm, going backwards. Look, I – the, this whole Trey Sermon thing, I think, stems from Nick in the offseason bringing him up and then uh, sort of unprompted, Ed. But now during training camp, he doesn't bring him up. People ask him questions about him, and then he'll answer the questions. I don't see this giant push from Trey Sermon. Have you seen it? I, I don't see it. I think it's clearly the top four guys, and he's fifth. Now the Eagles keep rotating him in with the other four, and I'm talking about obviously Kenny Gainwell, DeAndre Swift, Rashad Penny, Boston Scott. But I, I I think there's a clear demarcation line there. What might help him though is he's younger. He's under team control for a longer period of time, and I keep bringing up with Rashad Penny. Look. He's not going to be here next year. No matter what, he's not going to be here. If he plays well, somebody's going to pay him more than the Eagles will. And if he plays poorly, well, you don't want him back. So, yeah, I mean, Kenny Gainwell might not, or uh, DeAndre Swift might not be here next year. Exactly. Yeah. He's on a one year. I mean, you've got a lot of one year deals here. So, yeah, maybe that plays into it. I, I think Sermon came in in what, 2021? He was a third round pick. Um, yeah. Up San Francisco. Yeah. So yeah, he's got this year and next year left on his on his rookie deal. Um, so yeah, maybe that does help him. But right now, he does kind of look like, you know, he would be the odd man out unless you get rid of Penny. But you know, I think Swift, Gainwell, and Scott they're they're secure in their spots. Um, but it's Penny and Sermon that you're going to have to decide uh, between because they're not going to carry five, and no. I guess they'll carry four, which seems like an awful lot, but. Uh, they would be the four to me, and Sermon and Penny are, you know, battling for that fourth spot. No and, Kennedy Brooks after the big fumble. Yeah, and, uh, Kennedy's Baltimore. got some work to do. Uh, Kennedy might not even be on the practice squad. Um, no. And by the way, Trey Sermon under team control with the way the Eagles value backs, that might be a negative. That they would rather have the flexibility of just, yeah, okay, one year deal. We'll 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 re put it back together again next year. Uh, I don't know that Trey Sermon has has helped his cause so far with this preseason. All right, Ed, I'm going to give you a chance. Johnny went there yesterday. I, I want to say Tanner McKee is certainly locked up the third quarterback job with his impressive performance the other night, and Ian Book's less than impressive. Any scenario whereby these next couple of weeks, more preseason games, that Tanner McKee is breathing down Marcus Mariota's neck for backup duties at some point during this year? Or is that completely out of the question? No, I, I mean, I actually put that in the story when I wrote about Tanner McKee coming out of the game is, you know, he's passed book and could he sometime here soon pass Mariota and, uh, you know, I don't think so. I, I, I really don't. I think Mariota's got that job pretty much locked up unless he gets hurt, you know, and hopefully he won't. But, uh, you know, that job is, is Mariota's. He's got the experience. He's got a skill set that's similar that to uh, to Jalen Hurts in that he can run the football. We saw him do that 
uh, a little bit in Baltimore. We've seen him do it all through camp. So, uh, you know, he, he can do run pretty much the same offense that Jalen Hurts can. Tanner McKee can gain some yards with his feet, but he's one of those long loping quarterbacks. He's like Nick Foles when he takes off running as yeah. he time him with a sundial. Um, <laughs> but I think McKee could certainly be the number two heading into next season. You know, Mariota's only here for a, a one-year deal. He's probably going to look to get a starting job after this season. Um, I don't know who will give him one, but he certainly can look and, and try to get one. But I think for this season, it'll be Mariota. Uh, and then and then uh, McKee will be the backup heading into next year. He talked about team control. He's a, on his rookie contract first year, so they've got him for – you know, several more years and they'll develop him and he could end up being a, tra- a trade piece, you know, kind of like what they did with, uh, was it Kevin Cobb or, uh, someone that they developed, uh, and traded AJ a- Feely. Exactly. AJ Feely. I mean, they've done that. Too. So yeah. he could be that guy, you know, in a, in a couple of years, he could be someone that you'd look to trade if he continues to develop. I mean, listen, it was only one preseason game. Uh, you know, there's no fun, not overreacting, but we have to be careful not yeah. to be overreacting. So we'll, we'll see how the rest of the summer goes for uh, Big Tanner McKee. Um, and, and by the way, Ed, it just came to me. Extrapolate. That's what I was looking for. But, you know, the three fields and all the ADD action, it's very difficult. I'm very tired. So I couldn't I, come up know, with extrapolate. I thought expostulate was like a gym. Yeah, I just made it up. I just I made it up. Through and I didn't make up make up a word that sounds right. Yeah, you had me, John. I was close, and Ed had to call me out on it. <laughs> well, like I said, I thought I was asleep when they taught that in geometry yeah, class in no, high school. No, you uh, were not. I'm calling you, you both were, out you were, on your. You, you were right to call me out on that. But uh, <laughs> and I'm calling you both down on your pronunciation of mauve. And uh, uh, yeah, not, well, a lot of mistakes. I blame the Eagles and the Browns for all the too much activity going on. Yeah, but you know the the thing. Getting back to Tanner McKee. What impressed me most about him versus Ian Book, he trusted himself, man. You know, back foot, boom, balls out. And he trusted his receivers, where Ian Book's, who's got more experience, running around, afraid to throw the football. Yeah. But one of the guys who helped Tanner McKee was Tyree Cleveland, I thought. Um, To me, we never talk about Tyree Cleveland. We talked a lot about, not a lot, but a decent amount about Joseph Nada. I think he's better than Joseph Nada. He's better than Jaden Hazelwood. All those big, young receivers. I think Tyree Cleveland is the best of the lots. And that means if there's an injury, look, I don't think they're going to keep him. He might be on the practice squad. But if there's an injury, and already Quez Watkins and Britton Covey are dealing with hamstrings, I think Tyree Cleveland's the next guy. Where are you with those young receivers? Yeah, I mean, I I went into that game against the Ravens looking for Joseph Nada. He was one of my players to watch. I thought, you know, they had worked him a little bit on the first team on that Thursday practice going down to to Baltimore. So I thought, you know, hey, he's someone that you have to watch. And then, you know, he he gets one catch. I think he had four targets. So – uh, didn't really shine, but Tyree Cleveland has some experience in this league, right? I think he was a set. Yeah, set Denver. Yeah, yeah, pick of the Broncos. Yeah, so uh, you know he's played in some games. He, he he knows how to get open. And I would say, 
you know, Deion Kane, I thought was going to be an interesting watch. And then he yeah. hurt his ankle. I know he returned in, in a limited form against the Browns last night. Uh, but I would say not so fast on Tyree Cleveland making this roster. Like you mentioned, Quez and Britton Covey both have the hamstring. Now, I think based on what I saw last night, Quez might be a little further ahead than Covey. Covey had that long sleeve yeah. on one of his legs, and he seemed to be – you know, kind of walking gingerly at points, whereas Quez was actually catching balls off the jug machine, uh, you know, on one knee. So he seemed to be doing a little bit more than Covey. So, listen, if you want to start the season with Covey on the IR, you know, and have him miss whatever you miss with the IR these days, three or four games before you can. If, well, uh, you got to keep him on the first. If you put him on IR before, right. then he's done for the season. So you have to. Do that right. little manipulation, but you um, could. I could see them doing something like that in a way to try to keep Tyree Cleveland. Um, you know, I even saw them giving Tyree Cleveland some reps as the gunner on the punt return last night. I know Zach McPherson is very good at being a gunner on the punt yeah, team, yeah. but I saw Cleveland taking some reps as the gunner too. So, you know, they're going to see what they have in him, and I, you know, I would say not so fast on him making this roster. I think he has improved his stock. Again, here we are overreacting after one game in Baltimore, but I think his stock is it has improved greatly, and I think they're taking a closer look at him now, uh, thinking, hey, maybe you know we should keep this guy around because now that other teams have seen what he can do and probably will see what he can do in these next couple games, he may not make it to the practice squad if that's where they try to get him. So uh, I would say they're taking a pretty good hard look at Cleveland, and I wouldn't be so fast to write him off. Uh, in terms of finding a, a roster spot here. I'll give you Nada, Cleveland, and Greg Ward. I'll give you the combined yeah. efforts of all three under over more receptions than John Hightower this year. <laughs> Is John Hightower in the league? I don't oh, know. Oh, yeah. Chargers. Chargers. Oh, yeah. He's looked yeah. good in Charger camp. Oh, I did okay. a Charger preview on my CBS Sports Radio show not this past weekend, the weekend before. Said John Hightower, best looking receiver in Charger camp. That's and they got some absurd. guys who can play yeah. in Charger camp. That's absurd, by the way. Well, I don't know yeah, who you got. Just, Jody, just for, I don't want to call out Cleveland, who you had on the show. Cleveland, Nada, and I'll throw Greg Ward in. I give you all three of them, and I'll take John Hightower with more catches than the three of them combined this year. Well, I mean, come on. But the, my point is, and I don't want to call out that. The, that sounds like a pass from John McMullen. I, I I don't I don't want to call out the guy you had on it on on that on your show. But I mean, come on, Keenan Allen's on the Chargers. Nick Sirianni never stops talking about that guy. Mike Williams is on the Chargers. Quentin Johnson's on the Chargers. First round draft pick. Yeah. Um, the guy who has opened more eyes than anyone in Charger camp, John Hightower. Yeah. I, I don't book that guy again. Don't you remember that happens here in Philadelphia? People Paul were gaga over John Hightower. He and was going to be the next yeah. all-time great Eagle receiver. For Not me. Games. I can't talk for other people. Well, Not he me. had the speed, and that was the year yeah. the Eagles wanted speed. They went into the draft saying, we want speed, and that's why they took Rager, and that's why they took Hightower and, and Quez. Quez. Yeah. Draft. Yeah. Uh, and he they caught a track team. I think he yeah. had two or three catches during his time in philadelphia and one was a deep throw i think it was against washington and went right through his hands yeah. well he did catch one though and then i think he dropped another but sometimes it takes guys some time to figure it out in this league you know he was by the way remember ed they also that was the year they signed marquis goodwin who finally showed up 
I finally saw him. Yeah. He, in he the Browns uniform. He signed during the COVID year, um, and they had this track team. The Eagles would have won any four by 100 race in the NFL because Goodwin's a former Olympic, uh, either hurdler or sprinter, something. Um, And they signed him or they traded for him. I forget how they got him, but he opted out. He was one of the guys who opted out because of COVID. Never even showed up to the Novacare complex. Yeah, it was a trade. Then the Eagles rescinded the trade. And yeah, I saw him yesterday. Finally yeah. showed up. It was the 49ers, I think. He was yeah, 49ers. He yeah. had a deal for him. But, hey, they still got some speed. You know, Devin Allen isn't going to take a backseat to him. No, that's true. Um, you know, I wouldn't be surprised to see him get a little more time on Thursday night against the Browns. But, uh, yeah, John Hightower, I'm not – I didn't even know he was in the league. Jody, so I can't really in my in good conscience. Just, just yeah, he's going to have more catches. Make, make a mental note to check in every once in a while if he's getting uh, any reps with the Chargers. I, I just, will. Just say. All right, back to the joint practices. No more John Hightower talk. Um, <laughs> are you concerned at all? Best offensive line in football. The Cleveland Browns, specifically Miles Garrett, who is one hell of a football player. They beat the Eagles offensive line like a drum. I did not see that coming. I I I counted seven, maybe eight sacks for the Browns against Miles Jalen Garrett Hurts. Probably had seven or eight all by himself. Um, um that's not good. What the heck happened? It's Jim it's Schwartz, practice. man. Jim Schwartz. The beauty yeah. of Jim Schwartz, he knows this offensive line. He knows where its pressure points are. He knows how to take advantage of it. You know, I even saw some times where the Browns were throwing some blitzes at the Eagles. So, you know, you come into these things and you don't know what you're going to get. You have to make some ju- adjustments during practice. And, you know, I'm sure that they looked at the practice tape last night and they saw some of the things the Browns did. So, you know, you hope the Eagles offensive line can rebound from yesterday's performance and, you know, they lost, obviously, Landon Dickerson early, so you threw Sua Upita out there, who I'm still not sold on. I don't, I'm not sure how he still – Tesla stock. He, yeah. yeah. I, yeah. I, you know, and then they put Josh Sills in there in, in the later sessions, and I thought Sills – you know, listen, I, I'm a big Sills guy as a player. I think he could start. Yeah, got to clarify that. Yeah, um. <laughs> I think he could start on a few teams in this league. And, uh, you know, the, the line, you know, seemed a little bit better with him in there. But it was Miles Garrett that just wreaked havoc uh, all practice long until he left with what looked like a foot injury. Mary Kay Cabot uh, with the Cleveland.com said yeah. he got kicked just like Jason Kelsey got kicked. So, you know, you don't know if it's intentional kicking or if it's just inadvertent in a pileup. Uh, but I'm not concerned, John, about the offensive line of the Eagles. I mean, they've got a body of work to lean on, and um, it's a good test. It's not like, the, you know, this is they're keeping yeah, score. Plus, uh, plus, to be fair, you're not going to see Miles Garrett every week. Uh, right. He's, to week. me, he's the best defensive player yeah. in the league, even better than Bosa in San Francisco and, you know, Reddick here in Philadelphia. I think Miles Garrett's the best defensive player. All right, so I'm gonna I'm gonna throw a hypothetical your way, Ed. You first, but Johnny, I want you to answer as well. Week one, Patriots. Second possession of the game, Jason Kelsey gets stepped on, and turns an ankle, and it balloons up on him. And even the warrior that is Jason Kelsey, he can't even walk on it. So he sure as hell can't play on it. So he's done for the day. Maybe not the next week, but he's done for the day. 
with three plus quarters left to play in football. How are they reconfiguring the offensive line for the rest of that opener against the Pats? Yeah, I think they would probably move Cam Jurgens over in game and put Tyler Steen in at right guard and then reevaluate during that week what they would do against. Well, it's a short week, too. They come back in four days and have to play the Vikings. So, you know, you're going to have to make some quick decisions there. But I think in game, they'd probably slide Cam Jurgens over and put probably Tyler Steen in or, or maybe Josh Sills if Sills is, you know, past Steen. Um, Jack Driscoll, don't forget Jack. Yeah, they're they're working him at tackle. I mean, they seem to want him yeah. to kind of be the top reserve swing tackle. Um, but I mean, in game, you're only going to dress eight. Yeah, um, I think they might have more comfort level with Jack at this point. Yeah. But I, you know, it's hard to accept Jody's hypothetical there because Kelsey's coming back unless you cut off the ankle. He's coming back, but and even if, if, if he doesn't play, it's the size of a cantaloupe. I'm sorry, if he, if he doesn't play, um, yeah, I, Cam's going to be the center, and then it's like, all right, who's up number one? You know, are you dressing Steen early in the season? Has Cam Jurgens taken any snaps at center this summer? Yeah, um, yes. Yeah, couple, very few. They haven't had maintenance days because they built them in this year. So remember, we'd have those big maintenance days for Kelsey and all. They kind of built them into the schedule with the walkthroughs and all that kind of stuff. But there were a couple practices where they rested Kelsey, Lane. I think it's just Kelsey and Lane. Was it maybe Lane? No, Kelsey, Lane, Landon in the practice and in that instance jurgens played center steen played right guard driscoll played right tackle um yeah so he has taken some reps even jurgens said he's taken some reps at center yeah. uh yeah. you know just to keep his head still in it so yeah he's i think he would be the guy even though they don't like to disrupt two positions to cover for one injury i think it's a no-brainer that he would be the center um, that's what he was drafted here to do. And they have guys that can play guard. And I, you know, I'm not sure Josh Andrews is going to make this team, but he's been, you know, a, a true pro since getting here to be the backup center. I thought he looked good against the Ravens. Uh, you know, he's certainly making the snaps look better than what Brett Toth was able to do. Oh, he was yeah. the backup center. So yeah. I'm not sure they'll have Josh Andrews on this team. If they do, I'm no. not sure they would even turn to Josh Andrews if Kelsey well, would get hurt. I'm gonna I'm gonna I'm gonna hamper it down. So I'm gonna take jo Jody's. Here's the bigger question to me, and because this is, if Kelsey gets banged up in a game and leaves for a while, but there's hope that he could come back, then I think they might not move two positions. In other words, they might keep Cam if they think Kelsey's coming back and they only need. 10, 15 snaps from then I think they might use somebody else at center and keep camera right. Yeah, but wait, 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 wait. You definitely avoided that from and you didn't name a name. From well, I'm trying who, to think uh, who they're gonna dress. They're only gonna dress eight people. Um and they're not as good. Josh Andrews isn't gonna be one of them. No, and he's been Josh, doing most of the backup center saying. work here. So somebody's got to snap the ball for those 15 snaps. So I'm trying to figure out who would that be? 
who I'm trying to. That, I I'm think Driscoll and Steen. Driscoll and Steen would probably be two of those guys that they would dress. Well, Driscoll, no doubt. I mean, Driscoll. And then it's like that's why I'm concerned about this team. It might be Josh Sills. But yeah, yeah. you're not going to have a back backup center to dress. So it's got to be Cam Jurgens. Got to be Jurgens. Yep. Got to be because he. Right. You're not even going to dress a guy who can be because Josh Andrews isn't dressing. Nope. Julian Good Jones isn't dressing. No. Brett Toth isn't dressing, and if he was, they don't want to play in center. Yeah, um, John, you know, I'm surprised they haven't given Sills some center ups. I know he just got here last week, and maybe that's in the plan. But he can play center. I mean, Josh Sills can play center if need be. Um, but we haven't seen that. But no, like I said, he's only got here. He's only been here a week. So, but you know, this is when we tell we're in the preseason portion because Kelsey's playing. Period. Yeah. End right. of sentence. Eddie, yeah. I'm going to put you to the test here, and uh, John references not often, but every once in a while, uh, the competition between the beat guys on trying to figure out who are they going to be the original 53-man roster of the Eagles. And John takes a couple victory laps because he's won and bemoans Josh Sills last year, said he cost him the contest. Well, That's I'm back right. at Ed Kratz this year. I'm <laughs> believing that if you're in the contest, you're going to win, Eddie K. You Let's got go, my – You've got my seal of approval. Let's do it. How Thank many, you. How many defensive linemen are they going to keep? Inside, uh, outside, edge. And we're not considering any of the edge players as linebackers. So you know what I mean when I say defensive linemen. Yep. How many are they going to keep? I'm not even asking you who the individuals are. I'm just asking you what the overall number is. How many defensive linemen they keep it on the 53? I'm going to say, uh, gosh, I, I'm going to say, I'm looking well, at my Ed list. figures it out. I'm going to say, is shitload a number? Because no. they're keeping a shitload. No, 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 I have, no. I'm counting eight. I have my roster right in front of That's me. That's it? Hey, I'm going to beat Ed. They keep it more than eight. The, John well, said he thinks it could be 11. Yeah. I think it's Ed. either nine or 10. The All question right. is, are they going to keep, and the, the nine and 10 for me, are Derek Barnett and Marlon Tuipolotu. If they're yeah. only keeping nine, one of those guys got to go. If they're keeping ten, chances are both of them make it. John thinks that uh, Ojomo yeah, Ojomo's might his make way it. onto the roster, which means they're going to yeah. keep 11 defensive linemen. And then I say, who the hell's covered punts? If you got 11 defensive linemen on the roster. I think, I think, it's, I think it's too many. I really do. I mean, listen, here we go. Graham. Is one okay? What's Jordan Davis, Fletcher Cox, Milton Williams, Josh Sweat, uh, Derek Barnett, Jalen Carter, and Marlon T. They're my eight. And then after that, you have Janarius Robinson, Noah Ellis, Morrow. You do Milton Williams? Huh? You do Milton Williams? Oh, yeah. He's on my eight. Absolutely. Yeah, Milton. Milton. He was picked yesterday. The, The two big Georgia guys inside, Fletcher and Milton Williams inside. So that's four inside. Outside, Sweat. Graham, um, Reddick. Hassan Reddick, and oh, see, he's, Smith. A, he's a linebacker. Eight. See, you said just defensive linemen. Wow, that's what I count him. I said Hassan Reddick and Smith don't count no. as linebackers; they count as defensive. Yeah, linemen. I'm counting. No, I'm counting. Well, then, yeah, that's ten for sure. Yeah, you know, I was counting, counting those guys as you know outside linebackers, okay. yeah. right. and that's um, why yeah, I'm at eleven because yeah. I'm counting the edge rushers. Well, who, who's um, the eleventh? A Jomo's going to make the team. They're not going to. Yeah, gonna I don't know. I, I wasn't too impressed with him against the Ravens, but he was a draft I, pick. Uh, I think they love a Jomo, and they like to keep their picks. 
Yeah, yeah, they like to keep their picks. I mean, we've seen them cut their picks, but, uh, you know, maybe he's a practice squad guy. I don't know. But, I, yeah, Ojomo's on the bubble for me. But, yeah, if you count Smith and Reddick, I'm, I'm definitely at You're 10. You're at 10. Yeah. Yeah, for sure. Um, That's why I said there's a boatload. Hell, you know, he's hurt now. Patrick Johnson was playing well. Yeah. I texted that executive. He said they have 16 or 17 NFL defensive front people because i'm counting the edge rushers yeah generis yeah, robinson belongs in this league um yeah. he's not going to make this team contavious street street's in this not going to make this team. he's not going to make this team they are so loaded kyron johnson should be an nfl player how's he going to make this team Is patrick johnson going to be stashed on ir no he he's healthy he seems like he's walking around pretty yeah. good to me. He's got a little wrap on his on his left yeah. ankle. He seems to be moving fine. When yeah. he's coming I don't on think they the can field. do it. You, know, you can't do that anymore. You have to have documentation. Back in the old days, the Redskins would uh, – um, the George Allen Redskins would place like 15 guys on injured reserve. You can't do that anymore. You have to have like real documentation and prove that um, somebody's injured. And Patrick Robinson, he's hurt now, but – you know, it's not a major injury, which thankfully well, because he was carted off. But is, um, uh, do, do you remember the welcome back Cotter days? Is Epstein's mother still available? Yeah. A little ma- ma- <laughs> <laughs> well done. Well All right. Done. Now, wait a minute. We got to do this one quickie before we get out of here and let you run. Um, I trust Ed Kratz and Kratz. I trust pronounce the name of the defensive tackle who was brought in here oh. for the next two weeks of practice. That's and he's just another one. Philadelphia Eagle defensive lineman who's not going to be on the roster when the season starts. Please pronounce the newest Philadelphia Eagles name. Wow, that's... Olive. How about that? I'm pretty sure it's not Olive. <laughs> I, I think you've got it wrong name. to begin with before you ever get to the last name. Phonetically, uh, Ed is correct. Uh, it, it Olive, is Olive is his first name. Which... I think it's Olive... Sagapulu, I'm gonna go. Uh, Ooh, nice. Yeah, I don't think that 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 the last name's that difficult. I I think it is Sagapulu. Um, you know the Samoan pronounce. I think it's, it's Olive. What's the Not Samoan olive. pronunciation of Olive? That's yeah. what you have to crack. That's the code you have to crack. I think uh, it's expostulate is how you say it. Yeah. Well, but you, uh, I, you guys are going with Moav. I'm going with Moav. <laughs> And you go with Olive, I'll go with Olive. And we'll we'll uh, meet back here tomorrow and find out exactly who got it right. I don't think he was there yesterday. Did you notice him out there? I, I, I was all brown. How do you miss him? He's 335 pounds. Yeah. He's a DT. He's a, he's a nose tackle. You can't miss him, Ed. I, well, I, if he, I missed him. I see there, the Eagles every day, so I was focused yeah, more I, on the Browns. There's, there's um, a good chance he wasn't there. Uh, but when you when you see Olive today, please tell. By him the way, ask Rick Saratella. Rick Saratella had him. Uh, they were working him out, so he knows. Really, Rick, Rick will know how to pronounce yeah, his we, name. We'll get, I'll, I'll shoot a text to Mister Saratella. Uh, I'll, I'll shoot a text to you, Kratz, as well, to say thank you for joining the show today. Uh, we will nice. do this again soon. Thanks, buddy. Thanks right, for thanks. calling me out, Ed. I appreciate right. it. You got it, my Olive. Friend. Repeat oh, after please. me. Olive. Olive. We will Olive the show in just a couple of minutes. <laughs> Ed Grants will Olive <laughs> now. Well All done. Right. We'll come back and put a bow on the show on Birch thanks, 365. Ed.
If you own a company and you're not producing a podcast, you're missing out. The public consumes messaging when they're ready. Join the professional podcast network of companies and let Jacob Media Partners put you in the podcast arena. Come to our professional studio or we'll come to your place of business and professionally produce your company podcast. Call Jacob Media right now at 267-261-3428. Here, imaginations run wild and time stands still. Because here, you can find the best of the Jersey Shore all on one five-mile island. So leave the old you behind and get lost in the woods. at Southeastern PA in Delaware with Colony Pools this football season. And let the experts close your pool with a custom Merlin safety cover in green for the birds. And if you join our winter watch team, we'll give you another 20% off and Colony Pools will handle it all. Keep your tiles on your pool, not in your pool. Fly with Colony right now, birds fans. Visit flywithcolony.com. Mac running out of time here on Bird 365. Johnny Mac way, going Jody, back. Uh, apologies. You you are correct. It is mauve. 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 Yes. Mauve. I was pretty sure. Can you hear that. this? The, the new Eagle defensive Can lineman. Can you hear that? I heard you. Why? I mauve. didn't know if you could hear. Say mauve. No, you said mauve. I got mauve. It is mauve. We're all going with mauve. But uh, someone on the uh, stream uh, gave us their believed pronunciation of the newest Eagles defensive lineman, Olive. I yeah, said, I like that. I, like that. Uh, I said, Olive, you went with the obvious olive. You and no, Eddie well, Kratz. I, did. I did uh, not. I did not go with olive. I was joking around. Joking. I said, you got to get the Samoan pronunciation. I think whoever it was, well, I think he's Come on, your you're pals with main event, Jimmy. Send him off a text. And well, that's the thing. The, the, the Anawaii family, um, which is the famous wrestling family, that's how you pronounce it, Anawaii. And it's spelled A-N-O-A-I, I believe. So... You know, some of the Samoan pronunciations can be, but yeah, o, o, Olibe, Olibe, I guess would be my guess. Is that what he guessed? No, Olibe. I went with Olibe. He's going with, uh, 
Oh no, I went with Olive. He's going with Olive. Yeah, I think. And then we got I another one. That, that's that, O L E V I. No, you're gonna have to call. We're gonna have to go up. Olive. With... I'm gonna go Olive. You're going Olive? Yeah. All right. And I do have one Samoan question. I uh, didn't think we were going here today. Every once in a while, there is an N that po pops up in a pronunciation. Like Tua Tunga Valoa. There's no N in his name, but when you pronounce it, you can certainly hear the N. Is there a possibility that our newest player is Olivien? <laughs> that there's an N in there. I there's guess a, anything. There's this Samoan N that just appears. Like the, oh, what the <laughs> hell is the kid's name? Uh, the former Clemson quarterback who now is in Oregon. Oh, I can't I, even attempt. I've never I used to be able name. to say that. Now I just, I can't even think of DJ, his name. I thought uh, of it, I could remember it. TJ. Uyunglele. Uh, yeah. yeah, there's an end that just shows yeah. up out of nowhere. It's not actually written in his Where's name. Where is he now? Didn't he go like to Oregon State Oregon or State, yeah, he yeah. transferred. Yeah. DJ Uyunglele. I yeah. practice. Boy, I thought he was going to be. I thought, I thought he would be the first I, pick of the draft. He's he's now I thought transferring he was be great. just to continue to play football. I thought he was going to be great, and I'm glad. Same well, here. I I I don't. I feel bad for the kid that he hasn't developed, but yeah, I'm glad I don't have to try to pronounce his name. He'll be at a camp next year, but he will not be a. Sometimes with the some of the Samoan names too, I think they Americanize them to make it easier for idiots like me. Um um with that with that kind of stuff uh, like Valoa? Like well no those not guys him. are not simplifying anything no but uh uh you know with some of the more simpler names um i think they they try to make it easier for us but i don't know that for sure like i bring up the anawaii family um that's you know yeah, they, they simplified it by going Uso, which was very nice for everybody. Yeah, Everybody could pronounce Uso. Well, that's right, Fox But, uh, yeah, I digress. Good show. Uh, you're down there at 5 o'clock tomorrow, uh, and you will be back here tomorrow. And I will. I'm holding your feet to the fire. None of this toss-up. It's got to either be an eagle win or an eagle loss. So be ready. Well, to I picked the Browns the eventually. I went, I leaned Browns. Most people leaned uh, Browns. I, I would lean Browns. Uh, but I was disappointed with both offenses. I want to see both offenses uh, bounce back because, in theory, the Eagles' offense is obviously the strength of their team, obviously. Um, and the Browns' offense on paper should be their strength. Neither performed well, neither. We will uh, be back here again tomorrow where Johnny Mack will have to make a tough call on the win of today's joint practice. So you want to be here right at 8 o'clock when the Mack and Mack boys return in 2 and 2. You've been listening to Birds 365, the destination for the passionate Eagles football fan who bleeds green. If it's Eagles football, we're talking about it. Debate inside the locker room and guests that are some of the greatest football minds from around the region. We hope you enjoyed the show. We know we had a blast. Make sure to like, comment, and subscribe. And we'll be back soon. But in the meantime, hook up with us on social media at Jacob Sports. See you next time on Birds 365. Save big on Brunch for Mom, all in the Kroger app. 
Get half gallons of delicious Kroger milk for $1.29 each. Then get flavorful Tyson natural boneless chicken breasts for $2.49 a pound, all with your card and a digital coupon. Shop these deals at your local Kroger, less than five miles away. Or tap the screen now to download the Kroger app to save big today. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Prices and product availability subject to change. Restrictions apply. See site for details. 